My name is Connor McLaughlin, and welcome to the second episode of the Our Verbier podcast. Today, I will be talking to Josh Speller from Verbier Green about how he has built his life here and his passion for the environment. We will be exploring the do's and don'ts of recycling, how his business is evolving, and how it is shaping the way we all think about the future of the planet. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, Josh. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming in today. I'm really excited to uh, sit down and talk with you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm following in some in some big footsteps, I think. You know, I've got, I got <laughs> yes. to step it up. So last week we had RC Ban come in. Um, and yeah, we're excited to talk about Verbier Green today. So what brought you to Verbier in the first place? Well, that's... That's a good question because um, it wasn't essentially something about this specific place. I was in uh, I was in New Zealand at the time, and um, as far as I was concerned, one week before I ended up here, I was uh, staying in New Zealand. That was my plan. And then it's funny how the stars align or certain things happen because a friend that I knew from there then messaged me all of a sudden and said, "Josh, there's a job going opening in Verbier. Do you want it?" And I thought, actually, you know what, I do want to go back to to the mountains and then I was here and yeah very very fortunate. So what were you doing when you first arrived here? Uh, when I first arrived I got um, a job at one of the ski rental shops in a town which was I mean in terms of mountain time and meeting people it was amazing. Yeah were you servicing skis or uh, just? The... We were doing everything we were delivering skis to uh, clients setting up equipment servicing equipment fixing helmets which is you know really really fun one stuff like that yeah and yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice so uh, why did you start verbier green um i started verbier green because i at the at the ski shop that i was working with i was working there for four years and uh during that time i spent a lot of the time pretty much organizing or attempting i guess to organize the recyclable materials and the trash and pretty much finding out over my years there where to take everything because let's face it recycling can be really difficult here and knowing where each item goes especially as a business can be really hard because you're not allowed to take certain items to the communal deschettery you've got to take it somewhere else and there's not a recycling point at a certain place for that so you need to take that somewhere else so what happened is basically over my time working there I essentially ended up being in charge of the bins, yeah. which is something that I'm very, very proud of. You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I, I just got, I got thinking, hey, wait a second, one summer, I thought if somewhere is, that has the vehicles, a large waste area and the staff to, to do it, are finding it this difficult, surely there are businesses in town that don't have vehicles, don't have a waste storage area, don't have valuable staff, that they can that it must be really, really difficult for them. So I, yeah, just went around town, inquired a bit, did some market research and came back with really, really positive feedback. People saying, yeah, I mean, we could really, really use something like this. So let's discuss the common misconceptions around recycling. This is something that I've been really interested to know. Yeah. So what can we and can't we recycle and why? This is the money question, 100%. This is the money question. It's, yeah, um, yeah it's, so I guess it's a pretty complicated one but I guess the most common thing that we get asked or that we speak about here is to do with uh, plastics and for me so if you were universal 
you could just say you can recycle metal, paper, glass, cardboard, um, all those materials, no problem. But when you get into plastics, this is when it gets a bit more complicated. You can only recycle. And then as a general rule, something that you should always just, I guess, have in your head when it comes to if you're thinking if you can recycle it or not, is is it a plastic bottle? If it's not a plastic bottle, you cannot recycle it. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm not just talking about pet bottles. There are milk containers um, and things like that. But if it's not a plastic bottle, you cannot recycle it. And a really common confusion here is that a lot of herb containers that you get from co-op or from migros you'll find like for your corianders or for your mint whatever yeah. you'll find that they actually say on the back that they're made of pet and so a lot of clients that we have and even myself when i started was putting these pet containers in the pet bin and um, we were doing that and we were speaking to the guys at the dishery and yeah they said hey what, what are you doing you can't do this this is only for plastic bottles so i guess in terms of what can you recycle here? You can recycle your yeah, glass, metal, paper, cardboard, plastic bottles, and then everything else is for the bin. And what I mean by plastic bottles is, again, this can then be broken down a little bit further. You have two types that are recycled here. You have your PET bottles, which is your clear bottles such as Fanta, Pepsi, orange juice, stuff like that. And then you actually have another type of plastic bottle, which is called HDPE, plastic number two. And this is also recycled here. So it's important when you're recycling your plastic bottles to just really make sure that you know what type of plastic it is. And the way to do this is to look on the bottom of the bottle and then you will see either a number one or a number two. Number one is for your pets and you can take this to the pet bins around town. You can take it to the dishettery. You can take it to outside Migros and co-op. But if it says number two on the bottom and these bottles are normally things such as washing up liquid, uh, milk bottles, white milk bottles, shampoo, hair gel, stuff like this. If it does say number two on the bottom, then you can only take that outside Migros and then outside co-op. That is not communally recycled here. And that's part of what is really complicated about this whole thing is you really have to... It's easy to, to say to people, yeah, you, you can recycle plastic bottles and then they get to the pet bin and they say, oh, wait, I can't recycle this here. Yeah, because you've got to take that to Migros and to co-op. And yeah, I guess that's another really important thing to watch out for. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's good to get some clarification on that. So what happens to the recycled items you collect? So we, um, we actually have, I guess, three uh, drop-off points. Um, we have the Dechettery up in uh, Verbier and the other communal one down in Le Chab. And then we also have the private one in uh, Volège. Basically, we can take uh, all of the recyclable materials that we collect, such as the ones that I just mentioned, uh, aluminium, paper, cardboard, glass, PET bottles, stuff like that we can take to the communal dechetteries, but then everything else, such as wood, mattresses, bed frames, stuff like that, that we re uh, remove, uh, we take to the specific recycling point, which is the private dechettery in uh, Village. And interestingly, because again, it's, I guess, something that's really good to know and is important for us to know as a recycling company is we don't just want to transport it from A to B and then forget about it. We want to see where it goes along that, along that process. And we inquired about that and the awesome thing is that Switzerland actually has a really good percentage recycling rate for what happens to those materials once you get it there. Yeah. So pretty much every single material is upwards of 80% in terms of that it actually does get recycled. Uh, for example, if you put 10 aluminium cans in, in the recycling, at least eight, eight of them are 100% going to be recycled again. Okay. But two of them may find their way into the waste stream, which, I mean, 
ideally you definitely want to have it as close to 100% as you can, of course. You don't want to put a load of paper in the bin and only 10% of it gets recycled. But because of the way that the system works, this can be really hard to, to sort of to sort of achieve. But over 80% for all materials is actually is really good. So I've noticed in other places around the world that glass is often divided into different colours when you recycle them. And I've noticed we don't have that here in Verbier, and I haven't really seen it around um, in other places I've been in Switzerland. What difference does that tend to make? So this is, again, a really good and interesting question. The recycling in Switzerland all over, whether in the French part, German part, Italian part, is dealt with by a group which are typically called the Swiss Recycling Family or something like this. And then you have, uh, within Switzerland, you then have different regions are very good or have specific companies that are good at dealing with the specific uh, material. So I think uh, a lot of the tin goes to the Italian part, the paper goes to the German part, stuff like this. And the glass um, goes to a specific region and it is in literally all other Switzerland in the Italian part, German part. It is separated, as you say, into white glass, brown glass and green glass. Um, the reason why they don't do that here is because the company that gets it says that it's not necessary. But outside of that, I don't really know too much more. Okay. Ideally, it's, it is something that we would like to push and it's something that I just can't help but feel must be better mm. than putting it all into one because there's no way that's getting separated once it goes in there with the amount of smash things that you have. I feel like, yeah, it's it's definitely something that could maybe be in, introduced and add to the recycling system here. So to follow that then, what technological advances would you like to see for the recycling system here? I think that, again, it's, I think a really big one for me um, it, just talking about something really specific is another really common question that we get asked, which I guess ties in with what we were speaking about, what you can and you cannot recycle. One really common material is Tetra Pak. We get asked about that all the time. Tetra Pak is the drinks cartons. So it looks like cardboard, looks like paper, but it's actually made of three different materials. It's made of cardboard, it's made of aluminium film inside, and then a plastic film, which ties it all together. So you've got three different materials in one. Everyone or the majority of people are under the impression, because you can in a lot of other countries recycle Tetra Pak, but here in the French part of Switzerland, you can't. That has to go in the bin. You can't put it in the paper, you can't put it in the cardboard. And the reason for this is because Tetra Pak has to be recycled in a very specific way. You basically have to have a recycling plant that has a Tetra Pak um, sort of, I guess, cauldron of a specific substance. You then put the Tetra Pak in this substance and it um, separates it into the three different materials so it pulls apart the cardboard and the aluminium and the plastic and you can then deal with them individually Um, they don't have a plant like that in the whole French part of Switzerland Um, there used to be a specific private company called RC Plast which picked up Tetra Pak from Aldi in Martigny but that bin was then getting absolutely abused everything was getting put in there and so what they said is you know what we're not going to do this anymore because you're not treating it right um but yeah so you can't actually technically take Tetra Pak anywhere and it takes up a lot of room and it's not a great substance to produce and then just bin it's really it's made of as I said yeah three different materials it would be really great I mean of course you have to offset the production of building a plant like that but I can't help but feel that if there was at least one Tetra Pak recycling facility in the French speaking part of Switzerland and then we had collection points around and they would then go there I can't help but feel that the amount of waste that you would save from 
going into the waste stream from having a tetrapack recycling plant would be yeah. would be would be really great and that's something that I'd love to see implemented okay. here. Yeah, interesting. So who are your clients then? Is it quite varied? Are you just working for businesses or is it for anyone who wants their recycling done? So yeah, I guess you could definitely say anyone that wants their recycling done for sure, but there's I'd pretty much break it down into two different sides to the to the business, to the commercial side which we focus on a lot of hotels, bars, restaurants, um, places like that. And then the um, private side, which is actually a lot of schools, offices, private clients, chalet rentals, stuff like this. Um, it's actually a mega advantage, I say advantage this year, obviously with the restaurants and the bars being closed. It's been, it's been a super hard year from everyone, but mm. I guess it's impacted us specifically because our main source of income will be from the restaurants and the bars. Yeah. These these guys, I mean, it's really difficult for them to recycle properly and they have put out, especially over Christmas week and the holiday periods, a lot of volume, a lot of glass, a lot of cardboard. So that's really our bread and butter. But because we haven't had that, we've then pushed sort of into other things a little bit more like removals and the private sector. And so it's never going to be our big, our big claim to fame doing the privates, but it's consistent and it's here all year round. And it's actually quite nice seeing people speaking people helping them out with their recycling and then yeah the hotels this year has been really big as well yeah of course so what are your aspirations for verbier green i think yeah of course it's um i guess referring to it as in uh, yeah if we go back to some sort of normality i'd like and i think that always when i started verbier green i really wanted it to be more than just a recycling company i think it's important that it's about sort of changing the mindset and someone said to me once something like you're never going to start anything from nothing. So you need to do something. And no matter, like we're never going to solve the recycling issue in the world or plastic in the ocean through just doing one little recycling company in Verbier. I'm not that naive and I don't believe that's the case. But I think that by starting something here, something positive, something green and encouraging people to, oh, no, actually you can't recycle Tetra Pak, you've got to put it in the bin. Or actually you can recycle that, but you've got to take it here. By speaking about these sorts of issues and by speaking about the waste system and Things like this, you sort of turn it not from just a recycling company, but from a mindset. And you start changing the mindset in town. And I guess that my aspirations would, of course, eventually would like to maybe get into involved in a few other mountain resorts, especially ones in the four valleys. We're speaking, have some contacts there that I know will be, that we could also help out because it's an issue there as well. But I guess in a sort of short-term goal, it would be cool to just keep keep the momentum going, keep people talking about yeah, how they can handle their waste better, how things like walking into co-op and the easiest thing that you can have, I mean, we don't use them now, but I know some people that do, they, put, they buy three apples and they put them in a plastic veggie bag. And it's because that, veggie sack is literally right there and it's available and the reusable ones that you can buy for like 50p are up in a dark corner somewhere and no one sees them yeah. like I didn't even know that they had reusable bags in co-op until last no, year that's, and that's I think new to me as well yeah I think they've been there all this time why aren't they on the front seat why aren't mm -hmm. they the first thing that you see when you walk in and maybe people will see them and go ah oh, why don't we use that rather than buy use this plastic one every time that yeah, we come throw here. Yeah, straight away. Yeah, exactly. And then you put your apples in it, you walk outside, you put them back at home and then you throw it away. And it's it's little things like this that hopefully a movement like this will eventually sort of put pressure on to sort of change. And I guess that's where we want to go with it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming in today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. You too, buddy. It's been, it's been awesome. Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.